Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play on FanDuel NBA? Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. Cheers. Sure. Welcome Cheers. to another edition of Road Trip, and I'm your host, Ellie Clifton, Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson, and what an awesome special guest. Damn we right. So, we are so thrilled to be joined by uh, journeyman, vet, someone who is so widely respected, uh, Jamal Crawford. The well, second best lineup of all time in the NBA. I've never <laughs> seen this man without a lineup. Show him the crispy cut. You're no, 22 no, no. years Who's old, and you've had the same haircut I'm since you were 16. If he's I have been, had the same haircut for a long so time. So high. So people, high. People, people didn't know I could grow hair. And so when I grew hair, they were like, what's going on here? I'm like, no, I could have no. been grew hair. I just like we it don't, enough. We don't want that. Keep it tight. Keep it, yeah, man. <laughs> keep it tight and keep, keep it, it tight. Uh, Jamal, the funny thing is that, like, you are you were in the league before me, and you're still in the league. And I played 17 years. <laughs> I played 17 years. And we're, and we're still dunking on people in year 17. Like, this guy yeah, and you're weird. still crossing people in year what, 19 or 20? What year is this? Heavy left hand. 20. 20. So Heavy you cracked left hand. Okay. Yeah, whatever. He thinks he got the scalp. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Year, year 20. But I, I think, RJ, I think we've been blessed, man. Like, obviously, we do the right things and take care of ourselves and do what we're supposed to do. Chain is what we played a long time, but. Uh, you know, that's, that's just a blessing to be able to the grind of it, right? And still yeah. be able to, to compete and go out there and leave your mark. So yeah. I think Jenny, God. Jenny was just blessed because he was tall. He didn't have to work the same way you and I did. He was, he was actually ahead of his time, though. Because, you know, he was a rookie with me. So the, yeah. the way he could shoot it, like if he, if he played in this era with how he was shooting it, he, he would be a max player. I wouldn't have to do that. I mean, a billionaire. Can you give us a story? Uh, you're, yeah, you're already a millionaire. You're not missing any meals. But I'm just saying, like, you would have been a max player. You never know. I'm a people person. Can yeah. you give us a story about Channing from his rookie year, please? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, you know what? Honestly, it's not one particular story. It was just his personality at all times. Like, he, he didn't tell you he was, he was over himself by the time we got him. So he didn't have to, like, lose his ego or anything. Like, he was just a good guy. Like, every day he was positive. Every day he was having a good time. He, when he was upset, that's when you knew something was really wrong. Like, okay, <laughs> something's really wrong with Channing's mad, right? So Yo. besides that, I, I, one funny story, he had a game time jumper when we played Charlotte. I think it was like a double or triple overtime game. And that's when I think Jim Jones and balling was big at the time. So after he hit it, he took like three more steps and did his follow like all in and ran to the bench. Like, like <laughs> jumping Channing, you remember that? Absolutely I did, yeah. right? <laughs> 
because literally the night before I went out, obviously it's New York. There was a 50-50 chance we weren't, we weren't going to win. It was some struggles on that. 50-50? Okay, yes. 20-80, 20 Okay. And, right. uh, okay, 10-90, 10-90, right? Oh, my God, Teddy, just tell the story. You're getting lower and lower. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing and after I, That's the only thing in my mind was, like, win this game so I could feel good when I go out tonight. Oh, and that was the song in my head. But, yo, I got a Jamal story, right? Oh, wow. Jamal and our coach at the time would butt heads. And our coach at the time, Hall of Famer coach, but he did not mesh with any of us, right? And Trash. Okay, most of us don't like him on a personal level. When I got drafted, a, a vet who played for him said, Channing, I love everybody, genuinely as humans. If I had the chance and he was in an alley, I would run and punch him in his dick. <laughs> oh, I've never... I've... Oh, I wasn't ready for that one. I've never heard. <laughs> I said, what? He goes, you're going to call me in three months and tell me what you feel. So Jamal is genuinely one of the nicest humans of all time. Thank Jamal's you. very tickly. Everything is good. He just wants tickly. to leave. Yeah, if you start laughing, he goes tickly. You tell him, you tell him my secrets, Shane. You tell him my secrets. <laughs> That's for teammates only. Only, only my teammates know that. <laughs> Anyways, so we're in practice, and Jamal is in his, you know, doing his thing. And coach is like, stop it, stop it. Be a point guard. Pass it. Get to the corner. And Jamal had enough. And he was like, am I a robot? Am I a robot? And, like, Jamal never raises his voice. He doesn't yell. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> After that, I said, well, that's it for this season. I said, wrap oh, this up. Put a bow on it. That's it for us. If Jamal yells at the coach, right, and then after that, everything happened. Nate used to try to fight uh, a big Romy Rome. And oh, yeah. he was getting, I mean, everybody was getting in fights. Nobody liked each other. And it was just, it was just a mess in here. But Quentin Richardson, Big Zeke, Jamal, Nate, those guys, Malik Rose, still stay in touch with half those guys, which is funny to me. Yeah. Hey, hey Jamal, can I, give you, can I give you a compliment, man? So like when I got to, when I got to the end of year 17 and you know, that had a couple, you know, there were some opportunities, but then they kind of started to dry up as you know, like the way it starts mm -hmm. to go for vets, even if you can play or sure. not. And my agent was like, look, you know, if you, if you can, you know, if you can wait and train, you know, like you're going to get a job, you're going to get a call. And I was like, yeah, I don't have that shit in me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, if this shit ain't if this shit ain't popping during training camp, I can't go to LA Fitness yeah. and keep doing Soul Cycle and doing training, which is is so. It, I'm so impressed by you because you know you had to wait a long time and you kept yourself in shape and you were locked in. Can you take people through like how difficult that is, especially? I'm, it's different when you're in that year three, year five, you're trying, right, to, right. trying to grind. But when you're at year 18 and you're like, dude, I still have left in the tank. We all know that to be true. But now I have to train on my own. How difficult is that for as long as you did? Carmelo had to do it. You had to do yeah. it. Like, how hard is that? It was it's unbelievably hard, to be honest with you, RJ, because Channing would tell you, like, I love the game. I love playing. I'll play anywhere, anytime, at all times. So that part of it was didn't change for me the part was just not knowing right like you have to stay ready uh, it's today the day you're calling your agents it went from you call your agents every day to like never call them like just, just call me if something comes up you know what i mean yeah. and, and people ask like what was the most enjoyable part of last season for me it was watching mellow 
because I actually had to live to some degree what he had just went through. And I didn't even know. Like, everybody's like, Mel should be in the league. Mel shouldn't have to wait this long. But to actually live it every day, like, I watched him with a different purpose because it's a different journey. Like, it's a different thing to have to train that way. Like, you guys know, when we're going to a season, you know, September after, after Labor Day, everybody goes with their teams, all right? So they're working out, working out, get there. You know the season's coming, so you start ramping it up. I didn't know when it was coming or if it was coming. So then I had to be at peace with, what if it doesn't come, right? So I had to look at the good in that because – I was able to spend more time with family. I remember one time I was watching League Pass and my daughter out the blue was like, I, I had my old night plan to watch the games, you know, yada, yada. My daughter was like, hey, I want to go to the dance. I'm like, okay, I had no intentions at all. I didn't know she had a dance. I took her to the dance. I was there for three hours and I had a ball and I was like, that's the moment I would have missed if I wasn't here. So I started looking at the positive part of it and that kind of uh, restored my faith. And then seeing Melo yeah. sign and do well, that definitely restored my faith for sure. But it, it's not easy at all. Wasn't that me. shit, that, that, like, when you look at that, because, like you said, we ramp up to, yeah. like, peak condition, to, right. like, have to be at peak condition the whole time. Right. That's got to be exhausting. Uh, yeah. Who yeah, are so. you hooping against? Because you just, you go to LA Fitness, you go to, yeah. you know, you go to the park outside in Seattle and hoop. Who were you playing? Well, most of, like, you know, most of the top guys were gone. I mean, basically in season or overseas, right? So mm -hmm. for me, I'm playing against the best that we had around here at the time. One time I played against myself. Like I played one on none to 100. I'm doing game speed moves. If I make it, I get two. If I miss it, Michael Jordan gets three. You know what I mean? And it, and it counted for whatever shot I took. That was what he got. I didn't, it was no layups involved. So I had to work on like staying sharp. I, I mentally had to play games with myself just to, to get through it, right? And so at that point, there's only so many games you could play. And then when I got the call, I was just, it didn't even feel real because I've been waiting on that call forever. It was like you were a rookie again. Huh? I was like, you were a rookie oh, here. Man. and then, Yeah, right? It was, um, so, I had so, It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was so glad. I wish, like, I got to the bubble um, right around the conference finals. But, like, watching the Nets, obviously, I call games for them. And um, I, I was bummed, you you know, you had a little injury and stuff. But what I really did, Doug, was, like, how supportive you were of all the guys, how positive you were. And you're like, yo, you understand the role has changed for a vet. My question is this. When were – what was your – did you have a cutoff date? If you didn't get a call and you were like, all right, you were going to sit your family down and be like, hey, it's done. That doesn't mean that you couldn't go like the big three route like Joe right. and play well. Right. But you're like, hey, guys, look, I know everybody's made sacrifices so that I could, you know, try and continue this. But I haven't gotten a call by this date. Yeah. I'm going to move on. Were you close? Yeah. To that? Yeah. So the date was if I didn't get a call for the bubble, right? And then I was going to give myself this free agency. If I didn't get a call, like that's it. I'm not going through that again the whole year. But like I said, getting that call, it restored my faith. And I honestly, honestly believe that playing that one game and that bubble, that short stint, did more for me than even the year in Phoenix and scoring 50 did the last game. Like I truly yeah. believe uh, I'll sign a lot sooner than sitting out a whole other season before I get new son. How does your body feel now? Like you think of like the oh, long yeah. and like where you are in your career, but then also you had the injury and then going into a very unique situation. How is your body right now? No, it feels great. It feels good. I'm healthy. I've been playing. Uh, I'm actually working out with Isaiah Thomas and Zach Levine and uh, uh, Paulo Benchero. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's going to Duke. He's like number three in the country. Big guy, really skilled, Spencer Hall. So I feel great. The, the problem was what got me in the bubble was that I was playing up until that point until March hit. 
Then when COVID happened, we couldn't play five and five or see anybody at that point. So then it became just a lot of one-on-none stuff. And as you guys know, it's totally different than playing five and five. Yeah. So the irony of it is if COVID doesn't happen, the restart doesn't happen, I probably don't get signed last year, right? But I got signed because of COVID, but because of COVID, I wasn't like as Christmas sharp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I had some really good moments in practice and the game, I mean, I played, I wanted to come back against a really good team, which is Milwaukee. They were number one at the time. And I came back and got five points and three assists in five minutes, right? My team started believing, <laughs> like, oh man. So, but for them, it was, uh, it validated what they had seen in the practices leading up to it. So it wasn't like all oh, this is coming out of nowhere. They had seen that in the practices. Yeah. So, yeah is it, is it, is cool. it like how much longer? And I know, like, this is the thing. And, and one thing I tell people all the time, like, they're like, oh, there's 450 NBA players, right? right. But it's not the best 450 players in the world. It's not, right? right? It's probably the best 300 players in the world. There's still yeah. players over in Europe. There's players sure. like like yourself. There's players like like a lot of guys that, like, even Carmelo being out. It's like, dude, Carmelo is a top 75 player in the world. He's a top 100 player in the world. But he's not in the NBA because of politics and mm-hmm. other BS that goes on. Um, like, how much longer do you want to play knowing that you want to play as long as you can? Like, are you, again, are you putting a limit? Like, this was my goal. Or you're just like, I'm going to play till there's nothing left. Well, I want to play as long as I know I can still compete. And the role doesn't really matter to me. As long as you're up front and telling me what it is. Like, and you, you guys both know, like, having long careers towards the second half of it and towards the end of it, it's more about others, right, and how you can help their growth and their foundation and setting a solid foundation. Because I didn't learn how to be a pro until I had solid vets around me. My first two years in Chicago, we were the youngest team in the league, and I didn't know that, that being, uh, being on time was being an hour early. I didn't understand that. You know, I didn't have that to see. I didn't have anybody in front of me to show me that. When I got Charles Oakley and Jalen Rose and Rick Brunson and Greg Anthony and Kendall Gill, that's when I learned how to be a pro. So for me, I have no problem with whatever role it is. I, I, I find joy in that as well. You know what I mean? So for me, I play, I'll take it year by year. But what last year did show me is the end is closer than I thought it was, right? I didn't think I would have an issue. I just won teammate of the year the year before in the league. And, and to me, I was more proud about that than I was ever any six man of the year awards because that's like a character thing. That's like wanting somebody else to be more successful than even you want for yourself. So, but it's close than I thought it was. But I'll just take a year by year and see what happens. Yeah. No, that, 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 that's awesome. You're a hooper, right? And then nowadays, there aren't very many hoopers, like guys who, yeah. right, who just want to play all mm-hmm. the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say over the last, 14, 15 years, Seattle, Washington, yeah. big area, has been a huge influence on that. Because, you know, growing up, I had to play against Washington with Brandon Roy, you know, Will Conroy, Trey Simmons. Right. Uh, I forgot who their center was. I was barbecuing his ass. Nate Robinson. Yeah, oh, Nate, yeah well, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Right? So, like, what happened? And, like, is that just a culture of the Washington area? And then on the second part of that question is, who do you think in today's game are your top two or three just hoopers? So start with the first part, Seattle, and then tell people like your top two or three flat out hoopers. Okay. So the first part is, uh, it's, 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 it's interesting because when I was coming out, Doug Christie uh, really took a liking to me. I remember being a 16 year old kid playing his program. My program now used to be his program. And so for me, I didn't have his phone number. He was like, I'm going to be at the gym at 7. I'll be out there at 6.30 waiting for him. So he knew I was serious about what I was trying to accomplish. 
and he helped me every step of the way and that gave me a different belief and when he did it I'm not even sure he knew the impact it would have right so I get drafted I go to Chicago and then I see I see Tim Hardaway over here working out I see Mike Finley over here I see Antoine Walker all from Chicago but I didn't see them doing like that many things together besides just hooping so I said when I go back home I want to make sure we're all connected Right, so now if Spencer Hawes has a softball game, he knows we'll all be there. If Aaron Brooks has a bowling tournament, we'll all be there. If Isaiah Thomas has a basketball uh, charity game, we'll all be there. And so not just that, we reach back to the, the second generation, right? So there's, there's a kid right now in eighth grade, and numerous of them that can text me or text Zach or text Isaiah or text you know, Will or whoever it might be just to ask for advice. And, we, and that's the only thing we ask is that, this is our community and that's what makes it special. So when you're in this position, you do the same thing for the ones coming up behind you. And, and that's what I think is makes it rare, makes it special. And that's what's really cool about it. The second part of your question, if I just say a flat out Hooper, it's the first people that come to mind. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, James Harden, Chris Paul. Those are the guys that just come out of the hoop. Hoop anywhere, hoop anytime, and just can just flat out. Hoop it up with anybody. Give me a sleeper. Those are easy picks. Give me a sleeper. A sleeper. Karis LeVert. That's a great one. And if you're not saying Brooklyn, I'm going TJ Warren or Devin Booker. Just hoopers. We'll hoop anywhere. Karis LeVert, I think, to me, is Ooh. like, it was, I think we forgot Will Barton just because he was hurt. Hooper. Another hooper. hooper. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, hooper. No, no weight room. Give me a warm-up. Give me yeah. a basketball. I just want to play five on five. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Push-ups. <laughs> like we not doing none of this. Right. Yo, but 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 no, no ser but seriously, Jamal, like I, and Chan, you do bring up the point. Like the, the Washington area hoopers are the most underrated group in all of the league. You hear about Chicago, you hear about New York, you hear about Houston. Like, but that's a West Coast. That's University of Washington. That's like right. the West Coast in us. Like, like, do you remember like you remember Doug Wren? Oh my God. So Doug Wren, I, so I, okay, so I just told people this. He is absolutely the best player I played against in high school, and he should have been in the NBA with a 10, 15. Oh, 1,000. I played against, I played against Doug in high school. Like, yeah. I played against Doug in high school. We had the same class. Yeah, without a doubt, he should have been a 10, 15 year guy. Like, he, he was the best player to play against in high school. He brought the best out of me, and hopefully, I did him as well. Um, is what is story, Channing told me a story because he was talking about how you're just like one of those flat out hoopers. Is this story true about you like having to like teach yourself how to spot shoot? Yeah, that's true. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, well, okay. Spot so shooting's a new thing. Spot, spot yeah. shooting's a new thing. If you, you remember could, like, that you part when you played for the Clippers, because yeah. you would just never, he wouldn't just be like, okay, I'm gonna shoot my 10. He would be like doing his thing, or he'd be like, let's play one-on-one -on -one from each spot. And then yeah. he would practice the move that way. So he always, as I remember, this is 15, 16 years ago, would always have somebody in front trying to really guard him. And he's so good, he would practice a move with them in front. So he would make yeah. them feel that behind the back, around the back move they did against Chicago, right? What is it, the cross, left, right cross, around the back? I want to see Channing do that. Can you nah, show it? Can you show it? <laughs> no, so to answer your question, Channing's right. Like, even my ball handling, I've never once in my life done a cone group. I just never have because the way I saw it was I would rather play and get a feel for the game. And as you guys know, that cone isn't a 6'6", 
six seven athletic Richard Jefferson, right? So if that cone's not moving, so if I do the move, if Richard, if I do a move and RJ cuts me off, it's like okay, what do I go to next? So I start using playing as a method of this guy, I can do this. Okay, that works. Okay, that won't work. So I started just doing it that way, and that was kind of like freelancing. And I became a better spot shooter. Like Channing said, I used to always have the ball in my hands. Well, now I go to the Clippers, and I'm playing with Chris Paul, and he's going to have the ball in his hands, right? And him and Blake. So I'm like, how am I going to still be effective but find a different way to score, find a different way to, to be out there with these guys? So I said, okay, I have to be a better spot shooter. And I really, like, locked in on it, like, really, really locked in on it. And that was the first time probably – where I locked into that degree of shooting. But yeah, I've never done a ball handling during my life. And that movie oh, you know who, you know, Hey, do you want to know who used to tell me that all the time? <laughs> Luke Ridnour. He was like, I just saw Luke last weekend. He told me that. Yo, Luke Ridnour, and ladies and gentlemen, like for all you hoopers out there, Luke Ridnour is one of the nicest, funniest Period. people. Oh, like, just out, like, like the dude is just Hilarious. too good of a guy. Like he doesn't like cuss. He like, he just be like, man, yeah. loves, loves some Jesus. And he was like, he was like, he was like, dude, man, like I see Jamal all the time and we play like Jamal. Do you want to do some drills? Do you want to do some ball handling? Cause that was him. He was a big ball handling guy. So he want to do some ball handling, want to do some spot shots. He's like, nah, you want to play? <laughs> and he said, he's like, he's like, Jamal will play. Jamal will play for 18 hours. He will play pickup Period. or one-on-one all day long. You ask him to do some dribbling drills or some spot shots, he's like, nah, nah, I'm not good. And it was I'm like, a, RJ, I'm gonna tell you a funny story. So and I, I've never said this before. So when I go to Phoenix, you know, I signed like a day before the season started, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. So one of their coaches uh, had me doing like dribbling drills and two ball drills. I looked like I had never touched a basketball before in my life, ever. Ever. I mean, like, ever. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is foreign. I, I've yeah. never done drills. Even the movie talked about Channing and the one on hiring, I made that up on the fly. Because yeah. I knew he, I played with him before, and he knew the double behind the back. So I'm coming down the court like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It just happened. That's why you never see me do it again, because I've never practiced it. It just happened <laughs> right there. And I'm like, all right, I'm never doing that again. I'm not even trying. Okay, so, um, wait, yeah, the younger the younger generation then do you advise them to do cone drills do you advise them to spot shoot to learn like what is your philosophy then with that so my son who's a pretty good player and he's uh 10 years old and he i make him do the cone drills but i also let him have a lot of creativity so like last night we did some ball here and i said okay i want you to show me what you want to do and then when he's doing it i'm like okay that will work that won't he's kind of we're kind of like trimming the fat off of it but I don't want him to ever lose his instincts. I don't want him to ever overthink anything. Yo, I want Jamal, it to be natural. Yo, Jamal, that's a great point, man. And I say this because we we grew up, we're we're same age. We grew up yeah. in the same era, but we grew up watching above the rim. White yeah. men can't jump. We grew yeah. up watching people just be in the park. Like that's what we used to do. We used to go to the park. We used to go to the park. Channing used to go to the country club. But we used to go of to the course park. He did. Yeah, we used to go to the park, and we would just be there all day watching the old heads, hooping nonstop. And now these kids will spend eight hours on cone drills and, like, doing pickup spots. And, yes, they look great in a workout, but yeah. then you ask them to go fucking hoop or to process the game, but they're not spending any time. And I'm not talking about AAU, because AAU is, like, it's not good basketball. But we're talking about helping you think the game, helping you be like, oh, so you got to guard against, you know, OG, 50-year-old dude. What you going to do against him? He bigger than you. Like, like you start thinking the game, because that was my whole thing when – I didn't play organized basketball. That's why I was unknown 
until I was like 16 years old. That's when I kind of started running. And it was like, I did a little bit, like little like play, but most of the time it was part. And then finally I got into it. But I just feel like the kids today, like I tell people all the time, oh, my little kid, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go there as a dad. And either if I can still play, I'll play with them when he's 13, 14. I'll play with them in the park. Or I'm going to sit there and watch him and just like, hey, go hoop for a couple hours. I'll sit here, watch you, whatever. But like this sitting there just doing cone drills for 92 hours if you don't know how to handle against physicality, like if you don't know how to like do a crossover when somebody bumps you, right? you know, I think that's being lost a little bit with our group, with our younger group. For sure. Because the old guys would play on Saturday at six. So it was like the old guys and then it would go younger, younger, younger. So I'm six two and when I'm 12, so like, hey, I got to talk in. And (laughs) they know I was trash pito, papito, right? So. I'm getting my ass beat all day. And yeah. I didn't know that like by 11, 12, when I'm playing kids my age, I'm like, oh, y'all are trash. But like the mental aspect of like, okay, so like Jamal, you have a unique game. Zach Randolph has a unique game, right? Like Dirk has a unique game. Andre Karolinko, I could go down the line of like all these unique games, right? Of just guys that I think are, are special. But nowadays guys do the same moves, whether you're teaching a center or a guard, how can that be? Like, how so, can, like, James Harden is unique, and so is KD, but they're not doing moves. Everyone copies their moves. Right. They're, they're able to make their own, and that's why I wish the young generation would be like, just go hoop and make your own move based on you. So the first trainer I ever had was an old guy in the park. Mm-hmm. They were our trainers. So yeah. I'm 10 or 11 years old playing with grown men, and they're not going to give you the ball every play. You're going to have to learn to cut without it. You're going to have to learn to get a rebound. You're going to have to learn to get a steal. And when you get that open shot, you better make it to show you should be out here getting picked up. Because if not, talk like, that, shit, talk out that shit. So talk those that are the shit, first I had. So for me, I'm like, damn, I'm not getting the ball, but I learned how to play. He's like, no, you got to get, get a rebound. Yep. And you're right. That fifth year old man's gonna post you up. You better get a stop. Oh, you can't be out here. You can't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so seriously. Sitting so, on the sideline for an hour hurts your. That, oh, that hurts your worse. I got not getting picked. Not getting picked. But when you hit that, when you hit that one shot, right, or those two shots you may get in two games, you have their confidence. Like, oh, I'm picking up little man, right? And so mm-hmm. after that, you go back to your age group. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't see anything because I've been out here banging talking shit. I've been out here with grown men. So now that back ain't. in my age group, it's like, a, so that's what happened when I was 16 as well. When I was playing Doug Christie's league, I averaged 30 against Sean Kemp, Damon Stoudemire, Yinka Dar. They're all in the league, right? When I went back to high school, I'm like, man, I don't see, are you guys serious? Like, I don't see anything. And oh. it gave me a whole different mental confidence. I was like, it's over with. Well, and, and I know, and right. I, yeah, and I know your 10-year-old is playing with you and you you are in yeah. better shape than me and Channing, so you're still going. Like, I actually, I will, I will take my kids to the park just so they can see me dunk, just so they have a memory of me dunking. Because by the time they get over, RJ, you could probably still win me. I'm not buying that. Don't I try it. Listen, <laughs> I need like two weeks you of training. Can win me sleep. I can still dunk. I can still dunk pretty easily. But my point is this: one big thing that if my boys want to play, I'm just going to have them at 12 years old going and getting their heads beat in, like li- not literally, Absolutely. but just with older guys. Like, yeah, yeah I, j- I joke about Kent Bazemore. When I was hurt in Golden State and Kent Bazemore was like an undrafted rookie, we played one-on-one every single day just to keep ourselves sane. Neither of us were yeah. in rotation. But the change in him from the first couple of months to the last 
past couple of months, he started to understand because I I outweighed him by 40 pounds and I called a foul every time he touched me. Yeah, and I was not going to give him a foul. 100% going to give him a foul. You got to earn his You got to earn it. But ultimately, and I'm not trying to take credit, but I know I saw him right. being able to like get me off of him. And like one time he like bodied me hard and got it. And I'm like, dog, you didn't have that physicality three months ago. You didn't no. understand that physicality four months ago. You knew the only way that you were going to get me off of you is to do what you did. And like he didn't even want to mentally go that place. You didn't go that. You got to learn no, to be that place. Yeah, and, and so my ten year old, uh, I put him in his first uh, run with pros last year, and he was so nervous. I'm not pro. I'm sorry, with grown men. He was so I'm nervous. Like pros. He was like, oh my god. Then after he got it and saw he didn't get hurt anything, he was like. Dad, can we do it again? Dad. So he started doing it and doing it and doing it. When he went back to his age group, he was like, oh, I'm playing with grown men. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. It's that confidence. And that's how we grew up. I didn't have a trainer until those guys. Like, and then a real trainer until college, right? Like, and those are the And those are the, those are the people that are most proud of you. Say whatever you want. The dude, the OGs, sure. that when you show back up or they see your success, they are, like, proud, like, fathers. So like, I'm, I'm representing them, right? Yeah. Like, they kind of help mold me. So... The play that, the one where I threw the lob between my legs to Blake, right? Yeah. I've had that play in my head since I was eight years old, nine years old. My my sister's old boyfriend showed me that play at a park. And it, he did it to lay it up. And I, yeah. I learned, he taught me how to do it. I'm like, oh, man. So I had that play in my head for 25 years before I finally pulled it off. Uh -huh. But I learned it from an OG, grown man on the park. Will you ever stop playing pickup? Like, even after the NBA is done for you and your career no. is over, will you ever stop playing? No, 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 no. It's no, not, it's not a chance. He's a I would have to not be able to walk to, to not play basketball. And I, I mean it. Like, I'm saying with a straight face. Like, yeah. like, I have an older son. He's in college at the University of Maine, uh, Augustus. And we played one-on-one -on -one all summer. He didn't beat me one time. Never going to leave me. He's crazy athletic. <laughs> if you go to his IG... If you go to his IG, he can bounce it up, throw it through his legs off two feet down. Like, he's crazy. I'm never going to let him. Oh, no, you can't. You no. can't. I still block a little bit. No. Not happening. He's five, and I still keep blocking his shot. And I see so many, like, especially with Instagram and, like, all the yeah. apps now and all this other stuff. And it's like, yo, you can be the best at that. And you can't play a fucking lick of basketball. Like, I joke with people. Look, I, I'm glad. Like, I was blessed with the body. I was blessed with vertical like, and all that stuff, but ultimately, like, what I feel like one of the things that made me last as long is that I understood playing the game. I understood playing a role, and, like, you learn that in the part. You learn that so quickly in the part. Yes, you, like, you know, it's like, you know, you go to the park, and it's like, who's your four? Who you got? Yeah, who's your yeah. four? And it's like, how many, how many you got? And he's like, oh, I got two. It's like, no, 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 I'm going to wait. I'm awake. Yeah. I'm awake. And, it's it's and, 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 and low key, like starring in your role, right? Like, so for me, when I switched to six man, I was tired of being known as a good player on bad teams. I was tired of that because I'm like, I won in high school. I've always been a winner. So that like ate at me. I was like, you know what? I'll come off the bench. And then it was another challenge, like another mountain to climb. Like, okay, you're, you, now you got to trick yourself. Oh, you're just Superman coming in late to save the day. You know what I mean? So, like, and that took on a life of its own. I never knew that it would grow into what it's gone to. You know what I mean? Like, and now kids see me, I see them like, man, I didn't ever want to come off the bench, but you kind of helped make it cool come off the bench. And, that, and now Lou's doing it, right? Like, it's, that's like, a, that's, that's unbelievable because yeah, that wasn't never heard of Ginobili? Like, Ginobili, yeah, but Ginob but you wouldn't but even but Ginobili, but Ginobili came off the yeah. bench. No, no. 48 minutes again. He's going to play 42 minutes. He's not no. going to play the first six. 
They're gonna get, they're gonna put the defender on the best guy, and then Ginobili gonna come in and hit you with them euros. Let's see what's no, weird I, about but this. This is what I think. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Arjun. No, 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 no. This is you, man. I, I think I personally, I'm being honest. In in our community, I think they didn't look at Ginobili like that. Like I like they, he was obviously he's before me. JT is before me. But like they knew like the circumstances I kind of came from and how I played and everything and the style of play and they were like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it made it cool, I guess. And that's what they tell me in some regards. Well, and Ginobili, they were just doing that to like lessen his minutes off the draw. That was yeah. more of a strategic thing than to say that like you're the sixth man. Right, 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 those, right. Are, those are those different. Like, you know, Manu was like, all NBA. He was like, like he, oh, yeah. he was a Olympian. star. Like, yeah, like he did, he did right. all the other stuff. But like, yeah, it was different. I got a, a couple questions that I, I'm gonna all wrap up it, it together. One, outside of yourself, and then I'm gonna tell you a name. Who is the best hooper from your area? And there's a lot of them. Oh my gosh. Like give credit to like, yo, he's the man, the rest of us. And he could even just be an OG that you're like, he, he paved the way. Cause like Mike for was. us in Arizona, it's Mike Bibby. Like Mike Bibby was the guy, like no one made it. He was two years older than me. Then yeah. he went to Arizona. I followed him. Then Channing followed me. Yeah. And Jared Bayless came after Channing. No, but I'm saying say like Mike, Mike, Mike was the guy. Doug Christie's that for me. Like he mm -hmm. was the one. He was before Mike Dickerson. He was before Jason Terry. He was before myself. And then it just like Brandon and Aaron Brooks and Martel. Isaiah, right? Nate, like so many guys. But Doug was the bar. He was the one that kind of made me believe that it could happen and it was real. It made a lot of us believe that. So I would give him that 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 compliment, absolutely for sure. Okay. Okay. And I'm gonna tell this story really quickly, ladies and gentlemen, road tripping fans. Like he mentioned a name that a lot of you don't know. My, this individual played at Arizona, and I'll never forget this. During the lockout, all of the Might guys got uh, drafted. He got drafted, and Michael Dickerson, Michael Dickerson, and he played at Arizona, won national championship, stud, Mike D, Mike Diesel. So I remember this, my freshman year, I'd go and play pickup. I couldn't guard him. He would drive by me and dunk it. I backed up, he would hit a three from deep. And I kid you not, I swear, I swear on my, my beautiful boys, I went back to my dorm room and I laid down and I was like, if I have to be that good to be the 14th pick in the draft, I'm never going to the NBA. Like, as a person that saw him up close, will you explain to people how good fucking Michael Dickerson was? He was unbelievable. Like, his strength, his oh. step, the way he played, he didn't really show emotion, and guys like that are always toughest to deal with because you don't know if they're a high or low. He's just like, you know, like serial Kawhi. killers, they don't have emotions. Like Kawhi. They just keep going. He was just quiet, and he was so strong. I've heard a, a rumor, and I don't know if it's true, while at Arizona, he could bench press like 350. No, he was super strong. He used to walk around campus with no shirt on and just his backpack. That was his oh thing. Oh, my gosh. Just oh, six packs, ripped. When he was I still was, playing with us like five years ago. And was still one of the best players in the gym. But he just, like, he just wasn't, he just decided, like, basketball wasn't for him. He was kind of over like, it. Yeah, the NBA side. As far as right. hooping, he would hoop right. all the time. He would hoop all the time. Yeah, hoop all the time. But, like, he got his money and was like, yo, that's not for me. He was close to making a comeback. And there were so many teams that wanted him. So many teams. And then he, like, right at the last minute, he was like, nah, I'm good. And just, like, left. But it was I like playing a pickup game with Mike Bibby, Mike Dickerson, Richard, Lauren Woods, Michael Wright, 
And then Dinky O, Young Me, and then there were two or three other guys there that were ridiculous. Mike, Mike, Bibby, Mike Dickerson were moving so fast, <laughs> right? That I was like, as a junior in high school or a junior in college, it could have been, I could have been a junior out the womb. I had no business being on this court because number one, I wasn't getting the ball. And then number two, Mike Dickerson elbowed me one time and I told Jesus, I said, you know what? This maybe basketball ain't for me, right? Maybe I need to do tennis. He had, I remember him and Mike Bibby were showing off that they had abs on top of their ribs. I said, how do you get a, how do you get a goddamn muscle? How do you get an ab on top of your rib? Hey, he had muscles on top of muscles. Like, oh, on top of muscles. Oh, and he was lightning fast. Light, like you, could, his, you, you could not guard him. Like, you could like, listen, he had a perfect stroke. Perfect and if you gave him yeah. any space, and he had that mean pull up going to the right. So he had an in-between game. And then he was crazy athletic. And then, he had, and then he had defense. Like, that was his thing. Like, he was a hell of a defender. It was like, yo, Ali, you might not remember this, but Michael Dickerson, like, his freshman year, he played with, like, Charles Barkley and all these guys. Yeah. Like, he had seven threes in a quarter. Like, he was yeah, like – and then he just tore his – like, he tore, like, his groin from his he had hip. a um, hernia, remember? Yeah, he tore his groin from and his hip or something. Like, he went to, like, South America or something. And then he there. just kind of started, like, being – Disappeared. Like, yeah, disappeared. Like, I'm going to go hang out with, like, like – like Buddha in fucking yeah. in India. This is not an exaggeration. No, this is a true story. His name is not brought up enough when they talk about guys who, if they had a full career, you know what oh, I mean? Like, that's not one that's not one I can hear ever. Yeah, he's oh, not one you God. hear at all. He should. But he's, he's anybody that knows him knows that if that man had a full career, oh my God. No. Like, it was, imagine I, I, like, if so Corey McGetty, I thought was very good, had a great career. Mm-hmm. He was that build, but 10 times more skilled, right? Oh, like he was so skilled, skilled. But like every skill you would need as a big buff-ass guard, <laughs> that was him, right? Like yeah. dribble, pass, making the right decisions, physicality, defense, like Tim Duncan attitude about the game, very yeah. kind of, I see very it. Like down five, up five, you're gonna get what you get. And then he was just like, then he was just gone. He was gone, never to be heard he was of. Gone. Just That's like I'm just gonna play in pickup games. Like the dude, the dude, ladies and gentlemen, the dude is one of the probably. I kid you not. Like people always ask me who was the hardest person to guard. Like as I got older, and like oh Kobe, it's like. When I was young and my first introduction to a high-level pro, Michael Dickerson was the most unguardable person that I ever had to, like, like go against. And it wasn't even close. Okay, so lock down Jamal. For sure. You said what happened? <laughs> I'm making say it again. Okay, I have a question for you, Jamal. Of course. We're speaking of a lot of former players and the one player for whatever. Um, you're approaching your third decade. In the league. Mm-hmm. Damn, wow. Wow. Not wise, wise, Channing, wise. Okay, Ali, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, with that said, who is looking back on your career now? Who is that one guy that was always just that one guy that you played against? That for, like when your career is all said and done. Like Kobe. Kobe. Kobe was. He he was like, and RJ and Channing can tell you, like he he was so different because. He could turn your fans into his fans. Like he, when he was coming to the arena, you knew like he he gave you a certain nervousness. Like you didn't know what he was going to do. He was going to try to get 50, 60. He didn't care how many shots he missed. He was so skilled. He just had, and, and, and we've all been around some crazy, crazy, like 
name guys, right? From Jordan to LeBron to all these guys. Kobe had a different aura about him, where even the stars would kind of look at him because Kobe over there. Like he he just had that thing to him. And he and he was his skill level was like, what's he he may pull a left-handed three-pointer or left-handed fatal, he would do anything. Mm-hmm. And he was relentless. He was relentless in his approach. So for me, it was definitely Kobe for sure. I thought Kobe was the only guy in my career where the night before I would say, Have I worked hard enough? To earn- <laughs> Yeah, he makes you not feel prepared. You're like, like, man, I need to watch more film, right? Because we played them in the Western Conference Finals, and we went in a zone, and we played that zone two games, and I said, I don't know how much longer this is going to work, right? And then Kobe went Kobe, and wherever I was on that zone, he would just run over to my side and then clear everybody out so they couldn't double team. So it was me guarding him one-on-one. Obviously, that's barbecue chicken. But then as we adjusted the zone, adjusted the defense, he already knew every chess move he was going to do after that. And people saw when we played them in game six um, in in Phoenix, he was slapping our coach's butt. Like, I knew that was – he slapped Alvin Gentry's butt. (laughs) We were triple teaming him. Grant Hill, who was playing good defense at the time. Jason Richardson, who's a name that used to hoop. People oh, never, yeah. right? And then Jared Dudley, myself, we're young, we're spry. You know, we got a little pep in our step. He was shooting triple teams. Lamar Odom, yeah, we, we were triple teams like that every person. Like, I, obviously, I saw Jordan. I saw him play with the Wizards, and we actually worked out with him when he was coming back to the Wizards. But to see somebody in their prime, Kobe was like, no, he was just out of the school here. Jamal, For do sure. you remember when Kobe had eighty-one in Toronto, and then he had to play us in New York the next night? Or two nights, and we were like, Isaiah goes, this mother effer better not get 80, 80 plus on us. Is, it, is, is that the game where he became, I'm not sure if it is or not. Highest he scoring was, person, yes. He has 63. The next night? The Like, okay, a night off, which obviously everybody goes out in New York. Boom, gave us a cold 63. And we were up on the bench like, oh, he paid See, you were, I wasn't there for the, it was 60-something. 60 I wasn't there for that one. I was there when he became the youngest to ever score 20,000 points the year before. Oh, shit. So, like, he was, that's what I mean. Like, he has so many stories. Think about it. He outscored Dallas by himself. He had 62. They had 61 in the third quarter. <laughs> and, and they said, Kobe, you want to go back in to break the break? He said, no, nah, I'll do it later. And then goes and gets 81. Like, this guy was on a whole other frequency. He was just out in here. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, why I understand. wondered because to your point, like you've seen Jordan, you played against Jordan, and then you have you've had so many stars and players that you played against or with. So like who is that one guy? Allie, let me ask you a question. Let me flip it. Oh, God. Who are the top five players you've ever seen, in your opinion? In order. Ever seen? Or yeah, you're you you think the best five players I ever. And not highlights or watching YouTube? Just, she, she, she's on the younger side. She didn't get to see Jordan. I am on the younger side, so I didn't get to see Jordan play. Oh, okay. I was born in 88. So, like, okay. I, I have to go back and watch. Um, you barely drink. Barely. Um, I don't drink either. Right? So, those that, I have, those that I have watched, um, I would say Cody. Um, you know what's next. Shaq. Ooh. Shaq doesn't get talked you, about. You said not in a, you said not in an order, right? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Kobe, yeah. Shaq. I would say Tim Duncan. Yeah, that's another one. He is a problem. Uh, yeah, that's another one. I would say D Wade, and I'd say Bron. Okay, can't argue that. 
That, that's that's kind of hard though because when you've got stuff. No jerk. Maybe because I'm a big guy, and as a big man, I had no business. I had nothing I could do to guard him at any moment. Yeah, yeah, he's dirty. So in terms of like sheer dominance, and I'm like not just talking skill oh, one position. Right, right. Their ability to impact dictate outcomes. Those would be my five. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, RJ, you're looking like you're thinking. You want to jump in on this? Hard. <laughs> it's hard because then, like, I was there for the the Cavs, Golden State, and then the KDs, and then you have, you know, like I've even seen Kyrie. But again, I can't I, I, talk about skill. I'm talking overall to be able so to. I, so I I saw something on Spectrum that like mm -hmm. the the Laker Network out here, and they always do like the Laker like tributes and stuff. And I saw such an interesting thing. And it's like, people always talk about who's the greatest of all time. And they broke it down. They were like, ladies and gentlemen, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest basketball player to ever live. He won three championships in college, then went on to win five championships, six MVPs, and be the all-time leading scorer. So, like, while we talk about greatest of all time, being Michael Jordan or LeBron James or Kobe Bryant, we're only really classifying NBA. Like, we're talking about NBA, like, greatest of all time. Right. If you say, like, who is the greatest basketball player, if you're including, like, college, like, you know, because it's not the NBA Hall of Fame, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. Right. There's just nobody more dominant over a long period of time yeah. and, and probably second and probably second is probably wrong like so it's like you don't, you don't agree with that i was gonna say do you agree with that jamal i look at it a little differently i i, I totally understand when you look at the full spectrum yeah, like, yeah i'm not I, making I, that I, I totally argument that part yeah i just i like when they brought that up I was just like, you know what? I didn't even think about the dude. Think about like that, right, right. He won three national championships, and he only played varsity. Back then, you only got to play varsity three years. You didn't get to play varsity for four years. So he right. won three national championships in three tries. That's a single elimination tournament that he won, then went on to be in the NBA and win five championships. I was like, he might be the greatest basketball player. And you know what else is crazy, RJ? It's his freshman year, the year he couldn't play. They scrimmaged the varsity team that won the national championship that he wasn't yeah. a part of. They beat them by, I think, 30. Yeah. Just, yeah, just so he was, like, out of this world good. I, I, I totally understand the full spectrum like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. We just got off on the tangents. 202. How are you guys no, doing? No, that's right. You guys no, go. I have to go. Okay. You what, Channing? We got to get you back on once the season starts with your winter team. Absolutely. We got to talk more New York Knicks, funny stories. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Stevie franchise. Oh, oh man, we could do a, a bunch of segments on just the Knicks alone. Oh, yo, but thank you so much, man. Like, honestly, you're one of my favorite people of all time. You're one of my yeah, this is, Channing has been talking about you for a hot second. Like, I know. So he, he took it. He used my kindness for weakness and said, it's Jamal. Fuck it. Let me mess up my computer and get him. All right, here we go. That's all you You are amazing. We appreciate you. Thank you for being patient. So much respect, Always, bro. Always. Thank you, bro. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play 
on FanDuel NBA. Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win.